This morning, I, as I said, I want to give you my thoughts on what lies ahead for the coming year. Um, we've already heard that God has promised us a big year. This 2005 is going to be a big year, which is breakthrough, breakthrough inheritance, inheritance, and grace. And those are all good things. And we, I was thinking of some other good big words. You know, you got blessings and you know all kinds of, of incredible, incredible things lay ahead of us for this year. And God is certainly up to something big right here in Central Florida. Rick mentioned last week the word of Benny Hinn, uh, prophetic word that he gave uh, a few years ago. I looked for my notes on that. I couldn't find my notebook, but I wrote down. Somebody has that word someplace. I'd really like to read it again. But uh, uh, this, you know, it's no accident that you are living here in Central Florida right now. It's no accident that you are right here right now. I believe that we're in the midst of a of a uh, divine setup here. Yeah. You know, the eyes of the of the nation have been on Central Florida for several years. You know, I mean, ever since I've lived here, every year, this area, or this state at least, has been, has been in the news nationally repeatedly. God has got to focus on Florida for a reason, for a purpose. I tell you, the world is watching Florida on a lot of different levels, and, and that's because God's up to something. Amen? Amen? See, for years, God's been moving people around strategically, and, and I've, I know a lot of folks out there that, that have you know, been transplanted in various different geographic regions. Most people don't really even understand why when they get the move. And a lot of you probably didn't understand why, you know, when you got here. But that's God. You know, he's, he's strategically placing people in the body to, to start something, to do something, to be a part of something much, much bigger. So uh, I believe that you're here for a divine purpose. I believe that we're entering a special season. I believe that we're entering a Kairos season. Kairos is a Greek word, and it means a, a divine opportunity. It's a window of time. It's a time that God is doing something specific, specific things with specific people in specific ways. I believe that 2005 is going to be a year of divine opportunity for those who have eyes to see, for those who have spiritual vision. This morning, um, I really I want to speak from the, the from the depths of my heart, out of the gifting that I carry as an apostle of Jesus Christ. I've, God sent me here. I'm a sent one. I've been sent to the marketplace. I have a passion out there. But I really, the word that I bring to you this morning comes out of the depths of who I believe that God has called me to be. Um, I want to speak prophetically this morning to to the atmosphere, to not only to this church, but to the atmosphere of the city and to the region. So uh, for what that's worth, I'm, I'm going to lay some things out that, that, that I really believe are coming. They're things that we're going to see. Now, you may not agree with everything that I say this morning, and that's okay. That's your right. And uh, I'm not, I promise I'm not going to preach any heresy this morning, okay? You don't have to get your rocks out. But I'm going to share what I see coming, and one thing's for sure, at the end of the year, we'll be able to look back and see just how prophetic I really was this morning. So it's all getting on tape, and I'll, I'll stand on that. But I think that there's some things ahead of us this year that are really exciting things. And I think we're going to begin to see some things in the body at large, and certainly here at The Rock, and certainly here in Central Florida. Um, I think that, uh, that during, right now, look, looking ahead, there, there, is a, there is a Kairos time, a season of opportunity in front of us. And the thing about Kairos times, it's important for us to have our spiritual eyes open. Because we can be in a place where, you know, we're really not watching. You know, we're, we're really not looking spiritually. You can, you can just kind of be coasting through life. You can just kind of be taking life as it comes. Uh, and, and that was a perfect word that Alan gave, you know, that, that bird wasn't really watching where he was going, you know, he was just kind of cruising along and all of a sudden, you know, that wire jumped up and, you know, his friends were telling jokes about him even today, I'm sure. But anyway, the, the, 
uh, the principle of keeping your eyes open, being able to see, get your spiritual vision open is very, very important for Kairos times because there's windows of opportunity where God will open up effectual doors. He puts things and people in places. He puts things together and then there's an opportunity that we have to step through. And if we don't step through, and it's a choice. You don't, he's not back there pushing you to step through. If you do not step through that door, that window of opportunity, then it closes and, and things change. And I believe that that happens very, very often in our lives. And I'm sure if you thought about it, you could think of a divine moment, a divine opportunity that came along and it was just a, a chance meeting, maybe a phone call, maybe a, maybe a meeting you were prompted to go to, whatever it was. But after that day, your life changed forever. Have you ever, you know, you, they, they call it movie, the butterfly effect, you know, that one movie? Is that the name of the movie? That, that, that's, that's, that's really the way things work, you know. Little tiny things turn into great big things later down the road. And I think that that's why it's very important that we live and move by the Spirit of God, that we're always being led by the Holy Ghost so that when we, you know, those little things we think maybe don't have much impact can actually reverberate and have very big impact. And so, especially in Kairos times, because God sets things up, we step through that window of opportunity and our lives are changed and, and multitudes of lives are changed. This is a year of Kairos opportunity. 2005 is a year when if we have eyes to see, you're going to have windows. You personally are going to have windows of opportunity open for you that will change your life and change the lives of those around you. Whenever God moves, there's three kinds of Christians. There are those who have eyes to see and they, they, uh, they, they actively participate with God and what He's doing there. And then there are those who just kind of sit back and, you know, kind of watch what's going on. And of course, there's that third group that we all know. Those are the guys that wonder what happened, you know. What, do, what was that all about, you know? I don't want to be one that just says, gee, what was that all about, you know? And I don't think we will because this, this ministry, we, we, we preach the word. We're right out there on the front as far as we can get, you know, and we like that. We like being out there and that's why you're here. Cause you like being out there on the front. You like seeing what's going on. So, so let's, let's just continue to look this year and really keep our spiritual eyes wide open. Uh, which one of those things that we, types of Christians we are depends on several things. First of all, maintaining a kingdom perspective at all times. I'm going to come back to these things later. Second, is uh, placing the kingdom at the top of our priority list, which means putting the kingdom first, seeking the kingdom first. And thirdly, being willing to implement significant personal change no matter what the cost is. Being willing to move with God, being able to change. So I believe this is going to be a year of really incredible mobilization and expansion of the kingdom of God. I think this is a year when the army of God is being mobilized, when the saints of God, the church of God, is coming together in a, in a structural, strategic fashion like never before, and there's going to be an expansion of the kingdom of God. There are a lot of significant changes that are coming that I think are going to significantly impact our lives. You see, we're in the midst of some of the greatest reformation since Martin Luther. We really are. The church is in major reformation right now. The church, as long as you've been alive, the church has looked a certain way. Been minor changes. Right now, it's going to change. The church is about to change on a level that you have never seen before in your life. It is. It's changing right now, even as we speak. There's been a shift. There's been a, 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 a divine shift in things. Just like there was that earthquake. I believe that was even a prophetic sign. That earthquake, deep down, that was a global event. It was a global event. Things shifted down inside the ocean. They said that, that I was, we were watching it, uh, uh, you know, the scientists talking about it last night. 
And uh, there, there was that, that thing was, was, was at a foundational level so that the whole earth literally was quaking. The whole earth moved. It moved. That was a big, big thing. That was just something in the natural that points to things in the spiritual. There was a shift in the spiritual coming into this year, and it's a big shift, and it's global. It's not gonna, it, it, things are gonna be different from this day forward. Some of us heard that around, even around the turn of the century. There was a dong, you know, in the spirit. People heard alarms. They heard things. Well, this year, there was another shift. And I believe that uh, the very structure of the church is going to change on foundational levels. The very structure of the church. Massive, deep, foundational changes are coming. Now, if we don't have eyes to see these changes, if we're not looking for these changes, then we could end up in a place of confusion. And maybe even despair because we won't know what's going on. We won't know. We won't be expecting it. So I'm preparing you today. Watch for the change. Watch out for change in the body. I'm not just talking about our church. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the big picture, the body of Christ. How can we have the kind of vision so that we can see what God is doing? Let's talk for a little bit about possessing, possessing kingdom vision. I'm talking fast here. You need to slow down and breathe once in a while. Okay, first service, get used to that, you know, trying to preach a two-hour message in half hour. True spiritual vision requires that we have kingdom vision. you got to have kingdom vision, kingdom vision. A lot of Christians believe that the kingdom of God is the church. When they think of the kingdom of God, they believe that that's the church. You know, the body of Christ, the church is the kingdom of God. Their vision of what God is doing is pretty much limited to what God is doing through the church, at the church level. Um, some, some people have a broader vision. You know, some people, that's limited to the local church. You know, they, the, the, the extent of spiritual vision goes to what, what's happening in my church. Others take it to a place where what's happening in, you know, in a regional place. That, that, that's the, their primary focal point, and they believe that's what the kingdom is all about. And, uh, you know, on a side note, this is really especially true of those who are truly gifted as pastors. Because pastoral gifting, pastors are anointed to gather the flock and lead the flock. And their, their, their spiritual gift is to always see the flock. That's a good thing. Amen? To, to watch over the flock, to protect the flock. So you see, when you have a, a city full of, of pastors who are watching over their flocks, that's their primary focus is the flock, right? Now, sometimes they'll get together with other shepherds and there'll be a, an overview of the flock, and that's what's going on right now in a lot of places. And that's a very good thing. Nothing wrong with any of that. That's wonderful. But that perspective is, is one that is... That is it, they, they, they believe the kingdom is based on the flock. You see what I'm saying? They're, they believe the kingdom is based on what Christians are doing. And uh, here's, the, here's the truth. The kingdom of God is bigger than the church. It's bigger than the church. The kingdom of God is bigger than the church. You need to get that down inside of you. Because if you're only looking for God to move in the, inside the boundaries of the local church or the regional church or the city church or even the global church, it doesn't matter, you see. Uh, how big, it, it limits our vision. How big is your vision? You know, if we limit our vision to what God is doing in Revival Outreach Center, then we don't see, do we? You'd all agree with that. Just put up your hand if you agree with that statement. Okay. I'm going to say a few other statements. I'm, this is a test. We're going to limit, if we, if we limit our vision to what God is doing through international apostolic ministries, then we really don't see. Right? If we limit our vision to what God is doing through the citywide church, 
then we really don't see. Right? If we limit our vision to what God is doing through Christians, we really don't see. Amen? We really don't see. So I've been really, Lord's been showing me some things here lately about how big the kingdom is and, and how, how much, how off I am, you know, in my understanding of what He's doing in the earth. The kingdom of God is bigger than the church. You see, God's bigger than whatever box that we choose to put Him in. He's bigger than our boxes. Now, you know, uh, some of you may be thinking, well, I don't have God in a box, you know. Well, that's just that religious devil telling you that, so you just tell it to get out, okay? Tell it to be quiet and leave. All of us have a God box. All of us have a God box. Every one of us. See, our nature as human beings, as reasoning, thinking human beings, is to construct a framework of what we think God is. We construct a a model. We construct a framework about God, and we put in everything we know and all we've experienced inside this framework, and we say, this is God. Don't we? I mean, that's, that's just the way we are. That, that's just the way we're built, okay? That's just the way we are. We have this, this, uh, sense of self-preservation that, that demands that we, that we are able to understand everything. We want to be able to understand God. We want to be able to understand Him, so we build a framework and we put everything we know and have experienced with God in that framework, and that's kind of our God box, okay? Now, the, 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 the problem is, is that God is beyond our comprehension. He's bigger than our comprehension, right? We can no more understand everything about God and His ways than a, an amoeba can, can understand calculus. Right? Does that paint a picture in your mind? We can try, and we should try, and it isn't that God doesn't, that doesn't, that God doesn't want us to understand Him, okay? I'm not saying we can't know anything. What I am saying is that God is way bigger than any of us can possibly think or imagine. The Bible's pretty clear on that. We got a great big God. Amen. He's a great big God. And His rule and reign, the kingdom, His rule and reign is much bigger than our box that we put Him in. So, here's the problem. We get this nice God box finished and constructed. I've been a Christian for a long, long, long time. Pretty much all my life. Except for those few dark years, the dark ages. And... uh even then, I, I believed in God, I prayed, and I had a relationship with Him. I was just running the wrong way. So, in the midst of all of that, I've developed a pretty big God box. My God box is probably bigger than some people's, but I still got one. Now, here's the problem. We got our God box figured out. We, we pretty much got this thing figured out. And all of a sudden, God shows up over here. Now, we may not recognize Him as God over here because this is our God box. But this over here... Kind of start, look, at first, what what do we go through? Here's what I go through. Look at that, I go, that ain't God. Wife doesn't like it when I use ain't. (laughs) That isn't God. Right? How could that, this is God, this is what I know about God, this is the way God works, that can't be God. Right? Didn't people do that with this revival we've been part of? What happened? God showed up outside of their God box. They, God's doing this over here. They're going, that can't be God. Why? Who says it can't be God? Well, it doesn't fit in my God box, right? Now, lest we, I mean, we remember whenever we point the finger at somebody else, we have a few pointing back at us, right? There are things coming this year, I believe, that are going to be outside of our God box. They're going to be outside of the box that we've constructed. And the first thing we're going to see is, the first thing that's going to hit us is, I don't know about that. 
See, that's now I've learned how to say instead of that's not God, I say, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's a safer place to be. You know, it's a safer place. Um, humans have always tried to put in a box what God has let out of the box. Do you know that? That's kind of our nature. Jesus said, you don't put new wine in old wineskins. Why? Lest they burst. Okay? He's, he's always going to blow up our God box. So that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. He's blown mine apart all the time. So you just need to be good with that too, right? So we, we got to be prepared to realize that God's going to begin to do some things that maybe are outside of our box. And there is one way to tell. How did Jesus say, how can we know? Well, we'll see if it lines up with the word of God, brother. Well, that's true. Understand that. But there are people who've rejected a lot of things of God because of their understanding of what this word says. So. It's pretty simple. I just do the fruit check, you know. I do the, the life and death check, you know. I look for life because it can't be good, bad. There's a lot of good things that aren't God, right? There are good things on this earth right now. I think, well, we could say that all good comes from God, but there's good things that are not necessarily life bringers, right? So I look for life and death. So what we need to do when we're wondering, before we just speak death over it, and say, that's not God, it's a lot better to say, I'm not sure about that. I think I'll watch it for a while. See, I've, I've run into some things just recently where, you know, there's people out there doing things for God. And I look at that and I go, I just don't know about that. You know, my God box is over here and they're like over here somewhere, you know. And, I'm, and, and I realized in earlier times when I have said, that's not God, sometimes I've been wrong. And boy, I tell you, I don't want to be calling not God what is God, right? Because that's called missing the boat. That's called, gee, wonder what that was all about, right? So what I'm saying is without being so open-minded that we don't use any discernment, that's not what I'm saying, right? That's not what I'm saying. We always have discernment. Look for life. Look for the mark of God on something, even if it doesn't fit your model of what you think God is about, okay? Definitely try it with Scripture, if it's, if it's definitely contrary to scripture, then that's got a pretty big check mark, right? Right? Because not everything that's, there's, see, that's the trick of living in the last days. There's going to be a lot of counterfeit. There's going to be a lot of things that might look like God that aren't God. But it's important, very, very important that we allow God to work outside of our box. Amen? Amen. All right. So we need to be willing to adapt to see whatever God is doing. Well, first, first step in having kingdom vision is to understand God has no limits. Did we cover that? We need to know that he's going to do some things that seem absolutely unreasonable to us. He's an unreasonable guy, you know, God is. Why? Because what is reason? Well, reason is what fits inside my God box. <laughs> What's reasonable to God is totally unreasonable to me at times, right? I think it's pretty unreasonable to expect people to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Right? I think it's pretty unreasonable a lot of the things that he asks, you know, people to do when he was walking on this earth. That's just kind of the way he is. Kind of like that about him, actually. Pretty exciting. So, uh, what we want to do, we want to, if, if we, if we, if we need to be okay with God doing things outside of our box or else we're not going to be able to see clearly because we might not recognize that it actually is his hand and we might even think it's the devil. And, and we might be able to, it might even speak against it. And if we do that, then we move from ignorance into deception. And there's a difference between ignorant and being deceived. So that's the, that's what, just, just watch, watch. We got to watch this right here. So we also need to be willing to adapt to whatever we see God doing. God isn't looking for spectators and observers who want, who want to just watch him work. He's looking for active participants. 
It is those who are willing to participate that he will reveal his plans and his purposes. If you've got a willing heart, you'll see. If you don't have a willing heart, you won't see. Uh, God didn't create us to be an audience in this big movie that he's making, right? If we want to put it kind of in Hollywood terms, you know, we're the actors. We're the directors. We're the stage crew. We're the lighting crew. We're the camera operators. We're the ones who are actually doing it. it you know who, who's watching? Who's the audience? Who's the audience? Nobody said it yet. Who's the audience? God is definitely in the audience, but who else is there? Angels. That's what he's doing this for. We're, we're, we're on display for the angels. Doesn't Paul say that? This is a big display so that the angels, these angels sit and watch what's going on down here and they go, wow, you know, wow, look at what those people are doing down there. They got the Holy Ghost living inside of them. Look at what God is doing through His people. That's the, that's the audience. So, if we want to, if we want to see the script, then we need to be willing to take an active part in the show. That's really all I'm saying, right? Change is one of the most constant things in life. I'll say that again because some of you are zoning, thinking about angels or something. Change is one of the most constant things in life, right? God's always on the move. Always on the move. He's always moving and he invites us to follow the cloud of his glory. It's, it's our choice if we want to follow him or not, but if we're not willing to change, then we die. Might be a slow death, but we're going to die because we got to, because life is in him, right? So I believe in 2005, we're going to begin to see some major changes happening inside the church. See, God is raising kingdom vision in his people. He's raising the level of kingdom vision. We're going to begin to see on a level like we've never seen before a kingdom vision. Again, I think that this group, this group of folks, we here, uh, because of, of the, the, the revelation God has given us and the preaching that we get and the encouragement we get from one another have a good kingdom vision, but we need more, right? I think the church at large is going to begin to have kingdom vision like never before. I think there's going to there's going to be a broader perspective that sweeps the church. And as the broader perspective of the kingdom sweeps the church, there are going to be some changes in church structure. Church structure is going to change. We're moving into the next age of church history, folks. This is exciting times. I'm telling you, Prophet Bill Hammond calls this the day of the saints. We're moving into the day of the saints. It's a major shift, a major change that's about to take place. And I believe this is the year. I believe this is the year. Last year was preparation for this year. This is the year that things are going to begin to change. Let's talk a little bit, a few minutes about reformation of the church. For hundreds of years, the church has functioned according to the same model. And it's, and it's basically the parish pastor model where you have the pastor who, who, who is, who, who does the work of the ministry and the, the people pay him to do the work of the ministry, you know, to marry him and bury him and, you know, all that kind of stuff. They preach the word every week and, 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 and there's mostly a spectator mode with the people. It's, there's a, the parish pastor model has been around for a long, long time. Now, we've spoken, we've spoken to that thing numerous times in this church, and we don't function quite that way. That, that, that there's a lot, we made a lot of, a lot of uh, change in that area. However, this thing is going to go bigger than we've gone before for sure, and it's going to go bigger globally because the, the parish pastor model is not the model that, that Jesus designed the church, right? That's not the model we see in the New Testament. As a matter of fact, 
Uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But if, if a pastor leads a church, remember, pastors are anointed. The pastoral gift, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one we call the pastor. There's a lot of apostles called pastors. There's a lot of prophets we call pastors. But there are, but the pastoral gift is one of gathering the flock and protecting the flock, right? So we have a lot of gathering and protecting and teaching going on in the church, and that's really true, and that's a needed part. We need that, right? right? We need to be gathered. We need to be shepherded and watched over. However, there's also four other ministry gifts that are supposed to be part of that, and that is apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers, right? And the, the big picture is about to explode on the scene of the kingdom, and it's going to be a pretty cool thing. See... Instead of this model, it's really hard right now to even function in the ministry in the, in, in, in the in the role right now. What do you call yourself? You know, I mean, that's a real thing that that a lot of people are. If you, you know, there, there's this, there's a lot of misconceptions about what apostles are. There's misconceptions about what prophets are. There's a whole group of people who don't even believe they exist. For one thing, see that's changing. It's been changing for about 25 years now. God has been reform, bringing back into. Uh, back into uh, back into the forefront and acceptance prophetic ministry prophets right we didn't hear too much about prophets 30 years ago but we hear a lot about prophets today in certain circles some people still struggle with it but there's a lot of churches who believe in prophets right we believe it's a true gift certainly we do around here we embrace the prophetic we embrace that office the other next thing that came in the decade of the 90s was really a restoration of the apostle. Now we have the apostles and the apostolic fathering is is it's just there and it's spreading and it's moving and all that happened in the last 25 years. Now as we move into this decade, see the last the first 5 years of this decade, we've seen a refining of those, those things and we've actually seen those gifts begin to come together. This is what's cool. Apostles and prophets are coming together and apostolic and prophetic networks are coming together. And there's a connection going on in the body of Christ right now that is just now in its infancy. It's just now. It's almost like the electrician is wiring the wires together, but the switch hasn't been thrown yet. Does that paint a good picture for you? There is connections happening globally right now that are preparing us for the massive shift in church government. And I believe it's going to start this year. See, the problem with the parish church, the parish, the parish pastor model is, what is it? It, it? There's a clergy laity separation. You got the clergy and you got the laity. You got the, the saints are divided, right? You're either a called and anointed one or you're not. And that's gotta die, folks. That is a bad doctrine. That comes, Jesus said, he, 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 he referred to that in, in Revelations 2 verse 6. It's the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. He calls it the works of the Nicolaitans. They had this system in place. There were those who did the works of the ministry and those who paid them to do the works of the ministry. And he said, what did he say about it? I hate it. He said, I hate their deeds. I hate their practices. See, that Nicolaity, the, 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 that's what I've been taught, that that's, that's what that refers to. So this clergy laity thing is, you know, that, that's just false. You know that's false. Everyone's called, right? Everyone's called to be a minister. There are those who are called to equip and there are those who are called to take that and go out and equip others and do, right, the works of the ministry. But you see the, 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 the church that, the, the church model of pastor led churches where they gather the flock and teach them and the flock all gathers and sits week to week to week to week has hindered the growth of the kingdom and God is blowing it up. This is the year He's blowing it up. 
because apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers are going to, they're already on the scene. There's going to be a divine um, placement. There's going to be a shift. And I don't know how God's going to do this. We've been trying to figure it out around here for a long time. I don't know how God's going to do it. I just know that it's going to happen on a big scale. I know that, that there are going to be some emerging church models that are going to be way different than what we've ever known before. Major different. And it's going to be really good. Okay? Now, certainly whenever these kind of things happen, there are religious spirits out there that are poised and ready to come against this type of move. Right? Religious spirits. It's amazing to me how those who God uses most powerfully in, in, in one move, it was John Wimber who said, they're the ones most likely to turn around and persecute the next move. John Wimber said that. Actually, somebody asked John Wimber that. Because he said, he said, I've heard you said that. What's going to keep you? The reporter said, What's going to keep you from being like that, from persecuting the next move? He says, Well, I don't know. We probably, we'll, we probably won't. We'll probably do it anyway. It's kind of the nature of the beast, you know. I say, Let's not be the persecutor of the next move of God. Amen. I mean, we were part of the last move, big part of the last move. So let's be prepared to move with the cloud. Amen. Whatever that is, whatever, whatever this incredible, wonderful, glorious church is that, that God's about to do, uh, about to bring forth, um, let's, let's step into it. Okay. Jeez, I just spewed a lot of stuff here, so. Gotta catch myself in my notes here. See, until all the equipping ministries are functioning on a governmental level, the church really isn't complete. The church at large has been just kind of keeping pace. We haven't been able to, to bring the, the, the expansion of the kingdom that I believe we're supposed to do because most Christians don't see themselves as ministers. I'm glad to say that's going to change this year. I believe by the end of 2005, most Christians will understand they are ministers called to minister. Because you see, the church is breaking out of the box. The church is going into society. It is infiltrating society. No longer are we going to live in this, in this schizophrenic place where Sundays are spiritual and the rest of the week is, is secular. No longer are we going to live in the place where I go to, I go to church on Sunday and Wednesday night and whatever nights and, and, and whatever meetings and that's spiritual, but when I check in and punch that clock on Monday, that's secular. Because that's foolishness. Amen? That's going to change this year. I believe it's the Holy Ghost. We've been talking about it for several years, but I believe this is the year that that thing is going to, is going to, that, that truth is going to explode throughout. It's going to reverberate through the body. I believe that there are Baptist churches that are going to start to preach this message. I believe there are going to be Nazarene churches that are going to begin to preach this message. Because the Holy Ghost is speaking right now. He's speaking to, to those who lead those churches. He's speaking to organizations. It's an incredible thing that, that we're, we're about to see. Hallelujah. So I believe this year God is going to show us how to operate in the fullness of His government. For those who are willing to, who are willing, there's going to be an increase of power and anointing like they've never seen because the body is going to be mobilized. The body is going to be, is going to be absolutely and, and fully equipped to go out there and this is going to usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now this is going to require a structural change at the deep, at the deepest levels. For leaders, it's, there's going to be some risk involved. You know, the risk is huge. Because people may not understand. People may not embrace this. People, you know, it's, that's the big question with any move of God. The leaders have to always say, you know, what will the people think and what will the people do? Well, I tell you that those, for those who are willing to embrace the risk, the rewards are going to be incredible because entire cities are going to be changed. 
And I believe that this region right here, that Brandon and the greater Tampa region, is very much poised to be one on the forefront of this change. I believe that what's going on with the pastors, what's going on in the, in the city, and some of the things God's put in my heart that I need to lay foundations for this year, I believe are going are gonna to have significant impact on the church in this region. So I'm excited. I'm telling you, this is going to be a great, it's going to be a banner year for the church. This year we're going to see a birthing of completely new church models because as I said, the church is escaping from the, from the church, from the church uh, building. There's going to be marketplace churches spring up all across the country. I was amazed to find last night, I was writing my notes, I'd written a lot of this already, and I, I started looking to see what other prophets are saying. Cindy Jacobs said this last August. She said, this coming year, 2004 and 2005, there's going to be, there's going to be uh, 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 multitudes of market, new wine, she called them new wine marketplace ministries rising up. Breaking out. That's, that's exciting to me. I just think that's awesome. So I say thank you for that. Amen, Lord. I believe that. See, what's going to happen? The, the internet is networking ministries. The internet is, is causing this incredible linking together of ministries like never before. You know, right, right until now, there's been a, everything's pretty much been wrapped up in personal face to face. I'm right now in strategic partnership and ministry with some people I've never met before and I've been there for 10 years and more. I mean, they're, they're, I just got Morris Reddick's book, and, and, and this guy's incredible. He, he and I formed the Strategic Intercession Global Network years ago on the Internet. It's a prayer network ministry. Global, global intercessors are linked through this thing. And, uh, and we've been linked up by the Internet and phone call and electronically for years and years and years, partnering together, doing productive ministry, never met the guy. Nobody looks like seeing his picture. He's seen mine. Talk on the phone all the time. That, that's happening on a large basis. And not only that, you, it's not that you can't meet. What I'm saying is, there is right now, this going to be this year because of, uh, of high speed. You know, more Americans are now online than ever before. More than, more are online now. How many of you are, are, are online? You're, you're, you're on the internet. Okay. Almost everybody. About a year or so ago, that would have been half, you know, maybe. Now, those of you who aren't, it's time, okay? It ain't that expensive and it ain't that hard, okay? There's a lot of people in here. Raise your hands who are. Raise your hands again who are. See all these people? They will help you, okay? It's easy and it's wonderful because here's the thing. There's going to, God is using that. He's going to use the connections that are going on in high speed. There's going to be broadcasts of church that go out across the internet. And, uh, and Fred over here, brother Fred, he's involved in that right now. He's got a whole ministry that does that. You know, bless God. Pray for them. Pray for what God's doing through them. You know, pray that God will fund them and continue to, to bless them. But I tell you, there's a connection going on. See, all these things that, you know, the devil, he had his day with the internet. The internet's got all kinds of garbage on it. Well, guess what? Yet God's we're taking over. Amen. And there'll always be those things that, that are not that are not God. That they're just until Jesus returns and you know burns it down. But uh right now Christianity is going to explode through the use of high speed internet connections. All right, I'm running out of time. So the body's gonna to begin to see the bigger picture. They're gonna, they're gonna be, they're gonna seek new avenues. Here's the thing. You got, let's just say you got a group of people and the pastors, the pastors for whatever reason can't see and don't understand what God is doing. Does that leave that flock out? It did until recently. Now, see those people through the internet are gonna have access to all this information, all this teaching, all these, all this preaching and, and might as well deal with it, you know? (laughs) The, the local, the local church model is broken all to pieces as of this year. It's, it's just not to say the local church won't exist. What I'm saying is no longer are people trapped inside the walls of their church because God's breaking the walls down and they're escaping. 
Okay, they'll still go probably, but they're realizing that this isn't church. Amen. You are the church. This isn't church. You are the church and we're going out. Amen. And we're taking over. It's a kingdom takeover this year. So when somebody's trapped in a, in a church where they're not given good meat, good man or whatever, if they're spiritually hungry, it's going to be delivered through the internet right to their door. They'll end up partaking of rich spiritual food and, and, you know, enough people in a certain body get a hold of that. You know what's going to happen? It's going to catch fire. And who knows, but that whole church might just be transformed. Amen. I know that that, that happened to us 10 years ago. I got, I got, my church got transformed of people who I'd never met, still, well, no, I've met them now, but never met, but they were pumping spiritual food into my, into my ministry from the outside. And conversely, when I was writing newsletters, I had pastors all over the, a lot of African pastors and pastors all over the world would write to me saying they were taking my messages and preaching them every week. And, and that's, that's, and that was in the early days. My goodness, look at what's going on now. Look at the con- connectivity of the body right now. It's incredible what God's about to do. All right, practical participation. Where does that leave us this morning? I'm going to wrap it up. Well, first of all, we have a personal responsibility to weigh these words. Either this stuff came from the devil or it just came out of that, you know, crab and shrimp enchiladas I ate for dinner last night. <laughs> or it came from God. They're good, huh? We made them. They were good. Anyway, figured, figured out the recipe, finally. <laughs> anyway. These words are the Holy Ghost, the devil, or uh, pizza, you know. So it's up for you to decide. I, you know, that you, you have the responsibility before God to say that was God or not. You know, you, you, you weigh it. But if you believe they're from God, then really ask God to open your eyes so that you can see them coming, so that you can see your part, so you can see what your role is. One thing's for sure, again, time will tell. A year from now, we'll see if I knew what I was, if it was pizza or God or the devil, I guess. Next, we need to truly ask God to help us in seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. God is working all across the world to expand the kingdom, and His rule and reign is not limited to the local church or to the citywide church, although He's working powerfully through those things. He's working outside the church. You see, He's working in in secular systems. He's working in unsaved people. He's working through the forces of nature. He's even using the devil to accomplish His will. That's the kingdom. That's the rule and reign. If we have kingdom hearts... We're going to be able to see him working in ways that will absolutely amaze us. Remember at one time when he used a donkey in the Old Testament? Think of what he can do today. Think of what he can do today. The other thing we need to do is guard our hearts against that religious spirit. You know, let's not, let's not persecute the next move of God because we don't understand it. Uh, let's see. The safe place to be in those situations, just keep loving people and let God do the correcting in his church. You know, as leaders, we have responsibility to protect the flock from wolves and dangerous doctrine. But, you know, in all of that, all of us, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We all got the voice of God. And, you know, we all got the responsibility to hear the voice of God. So, uh, you know, I say there's people out there doing things. And, and my first inclination is to say that's not God. And the next thing that comes through my spirit is, and you're not their judge. <laughs> and you're not their master. And I just say, yes, that's right, Lord. So watch and see what this next generation is going to do. Watch and see what these young people are going to do. There's some young people out there doing stuff, and I'm going, oh, God, I don't know if that's you. You watch. I'm seeing stuff happening that I'm just like, I'm amazed. And it's out there. It's outside. It breaks every God box that I have. (laughs) So have a big heart. Have a big spirit. Have big vision. Let's see. Finally, we need to have the courage to step out 
and walk on the water with Jesus. Because this year we're going to face some significant obstacles. We're going to face trials. We're going to face persecution. And, and, you know, the devil knows he has a short time left. And he's going to do everything he can do to hinder the kingdom. But, you know what, every obstacle we face is just another opportunity to be an overcomer. It's another opportunity to rise up and be a victorious uh, Christian. We don't get rewards for burying our talents in the ground. And God this year in 2005 is releasing resources and opening doors of opportunity for His people like never before. And He's looking for a return on His investment. So stand with me if you would. Ministry team, you can please come to the front. Didn't do too bad, ran a little over, but got a late start, so. We're entering a Kairos time, a time of divine opportunity. And again, this window isn't going to stay open forever, so we'll have the option of stepping in or standing there watching and wondering if that's uh, really something we should be doing. God has a specific plan for you this year, for you personally. God has a specific plan for you, for the kingdom, for His purposes, for His glory. This year. So I say, let's get our eyes open. Let's lay hold of everything that God has for us. Let's really press in and see what He wants us to do this year. Lord, what do you want me to do this year for your glory? And I encourage you to let Him be radical in your life. Let Him give you a dream or a vision that's bigger than you. Let Him give you a dream that the first thing you say is that can't possibly be God. You know, it's okay if you get to stuttering like Moses. But God, but, 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 but God. in the middle of all of that, God just hung with him, you know. And he ended up taking a whole nation out of bondage. God's looking for some Moses types today who will just hear and in spite of their weakness will say, okay, Lord, I'll go. Do you have the courage to step out of your boat and walk on the water this morning with Him? Hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank You for this year. We thank You for bringing us together. We thank You, Father, that we are here now in this place, at this time, in this body. We thank You, Father, for the leadership that You've given us. We thank You for the vision and the direction, Lord. We thank You for the big plan, the big move, the big picture of the kingdom, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you called us right where we are, right just exactly who we are. Every All of our, our frailties and our weaknesses and our faults, you have called us just the way we are to bring glory to your name. And so this year, Lord, we say, here am I. Send me. Just say that to him if you're willing this morning. Here am I, Lord. Send me. That doesn't mean you have to go to the deepest, darkest depths of Africa. You know, he, he just might want to send you to the next door. That might be as far as you need to go. He might want to send you over to Plant City. You know, he might want to send you to North Dakota. God forbid. <laughs> just, ki- just kidding. I'm sure God's moving powerfully in North Dakota. He's going to this year anyway. <laughs> Just be willing. That's all I'm saying. Be willing to go with God. Amen? Amen. So do it. Go with God. Be blessed.